This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda Senior Market Analysts across the world. I'm delighted to say today we're joined by Jeff Halley, Oanda Senior Market Analyst for Asia Pacific. Good morning from London, Jeff. How are you doing? Good afternoon from Asia. As ever, wonderful to be here. Great to have you on again. Let's talk about the markets where you are first and some big falls today. Yeah, look, it's been a, a pretty negative start for Asia. We had a bit of a soft close in the United States after the non-farm payroll data on, on Friday and the US yield curve shifted higher and uh, US 10-year bonds uh, closed around 3.15%. So they've well and truly now moved above their 40-year downtrend line, which came in at around 3%. So I think that's quite significant. Unsurprisingly, that's led to more dollar strength today and, and Asian equities have fallen. Now, apart from higher US interest rates, what's really weighing on markets across Asia today is a couple of things. The first one is the China slowdown. So we've seen over the weekend restrictions, virus restrictions tightened, notably in Beijing and been reimposed in Shanghai. So the narrative around the China slowdown is accelerating once again. The trade data today was so-so, I would say, nothing to write home about. It does show that uh, imports were easing, which is another reinforcement of that narrative. Over the weekend, we also saw a China property company's a building site owned by them in Manhattan in the United States uh, gets seized by banks as well. So coming on the back of a massive fall in housing sales last week over the holiday period, uh, we've seen yet more negativity come surrounding China itself and this uh, property developer leverage story making its way back to the front pages as well. It's seen uh, Asian markets generally lower today. The Nikkei has fallen 2.5%. South Korea's cost is down 1.3%. Uh, Taiwan's had a, a tough day. Hong Kong has had a tough day. It's down 4%. Another background story there is US-listed China stocks delisting concerns over uh, their lack of um, quantifiable audits by US authorities. That story is still circulating this morning as well. Australian markets also taken a hit down around 1.5%. Uh, in all likelihood, that sets up Europe for a bit of a rough day as well after a pretty ugly Friday session. We also have the Russia victory parades today and the concerns that we'll be running around in Europe will be whether Vladimir Putin decides to declare an official war on Ukraine instead of a special operation, as he calls it. And that will be another negative for European stocks if that occurs. We also saw the value of Bitcoin continued to fall over the weekend. It dropped below $34,000. It's the world's largest cryptocurrency. It's fallen by 50% since its peak in November last year. This is a general thing, the slide in the value of digital assets right across the board now. And uh, what is the reason behind these big falls for Bitcoin and the rest of the cryptocurrency market? 
I think you know, they're, they're struggling in the face of um, of higher U.S. interest rates, like uh, equity markets are. They do have quite a high correlation to the Nasdaq now. Correlations come and they go, but certainly uh, the Nasdaq has been most under pressure out of the major exchanges, even more so than the the Russell 2000, because equity markets or equities in the Nasdaq, mostly big tech companies, are so highly valued. And the if this Fed hiking cycle raises the cost of capital, which it does, and if it slows down earnings growth by slowing the economy in the future, those pricing uh, mechanisms will come under pressure. So actually, I must say Bitcoin itself has quite badly underperformed, particularly because it's been touted in the past as a safe haven asset. Now, when you look at it compared to gold, it has severely underperformed. Gold still holding its own around 1850 US dollars an ounce. But as you said, Bitcoin in that period has fallen over 50%. On the technical charts, I was uh, noting last week that there was a, a big triangle formation and the bottom of that triangle came in at just above 37,000. Now that, that support line goes back uh, over a year and it, it's actually uh, broken over the weekend. As you mentioned, I mean, Bitcoin does trade over the weekends like other cryptos. So Bitcoin fell over 4% yesterday, for example. But uh, once it broke that support line at 37,000, it has traded, as you said, lower quite quickly. The next support area for Bitcoin is around the 33,000 level. Now, the technical picture to me, as I interpret it right now, is that if 33,000 goes, then we're up for a move uh, towards uh, the 20,000 mark. Uh, I'm not calling that yet because it hasn't broken. And also on the short-term technicals, it is oversold. So there is room for a short-term relief rally. But it's certainly, as long as I think stock markets continue in this bearish trajectory, I, I think Bitcoin is also going to struggle. Okay, Jeff, last week was a crazy week. It looks to be a little bit quieter over the next few days. What should we look out for? Yeah, look, it's mostly uh, CPI's inflation measures this week. So we have uh, China CPI on uh, Wednesday. Uh, and again, if that comes in on the soft side, then that will push the stimulus narrative even more. And I think there are downside risks to it. Conversely, we have India's uh, inflation data out on Thursday. Now, what does India matter? Apart from being the second largest population in the world, last week the, the Reserve Bank of India uh, made an unscheduled rate hike uh, of 0.4% uh, and started uh, climbing down off the fence over their nerves around higher inflation. So if we see uh, inflation well above 7% this Thursday from India, that could spur faster and more aggressive uh, action from the Reserve Bank of India. And I think what's significant here is that if India, amongst the emerging markets, is starting to climb down off the, off the fence uh, on inflation, then we may see other big emerging markets doing the same thing. That could mean some catch-up rate hikes could be on the cards uh, in, in the uh, second uh, or, or the third uh, quarter of, of this year. Uh, we also have uh, inflation measures from the US and uh, most of the European heavyweights from Western Europe um, over the course of this week as well. But I think markets will be driven by sentiment and we're also out of the Fed press lockup. So we have an absolute ocean of Fed uh, speakers uh, this week as well, which are usually good for some short-term volatility. 
Jeff, thanks very much for joining us this morning. Have a great week. Thanks, Johnny. This is the Oanda Podcast.